in this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub. Pastor Greg Scalzo will be continuing the sermon on prophecy in the church. Last time, he read Jeremiah's prophecies to Judah about coming judgment. And if God did it to Shiloh, if God did it to Jerusalem, not once, this is the first time, right? But two times, 70 AD, right? The temple is destroyed. If he did it to Shiloh, he did it to Jerusalem twice. What does Paul say in Romans chapter 11? Romans chapter 11 and verse 21. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. He's speaking to the Gentiles here. Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fell severity, but toward you goodness if you continue in his goodness. Otherwise, what? Otherwise, you also will be cut off. God is merciful and gracious, but there is a limit. You know, it's been a fascinating, sometimes chilling experience for Patty and I as we put together the radio programs because with several we have so many sermons and you only can put 15 minutes 14 minutes on the air and so one sermon can take you know three or four weeks to air so we're right now in July of 2001 in putting on the air from the Heavenly Authority series back in the time when Israel requests a king but it's been fascinating because it started with a sermon I delivered September 10th 2000 the Sunday that was a year before 9-11. And throughout that whole year, the radio program this morning ended with it. Every sermon I delivered, the Lord would give me a word to give about our country. How our country cannot do what it's doing because God will pull back his hand of protection. What he did to Judah, he can do to us. And it's when you hear the teaching, it becomes together as a prophecy, and no matter what I was speaking on, the Lord would lead me back to it. And it crescendos as we approach 9-11, because God, and I'm sure there were other ministers in this nation that God was giving, as you're speaking, he just keeps bringing you back to it. It burns inside of you. You can't help but say it, because it's true and you know it, and then when you see those towers coming down, you say, oh my Lord, oh my Lord. That must have been the reaction when they saw the Babylonians burning that temple. Oh, my Lord. You know, those false prophets that are telling us, you will have true peace. There is a nature, consider the nature of prophecy. If saints and sinners hear the word of the Lord, when the word speaks about the love of God, the peace of God, the power of God to deliver and give victory, to heal, to help, to provide. Saints will say what? What do we say? Amen, right? We love it, and it's true. And you know, many sinners will say amen also. Sometimes they may even feel the anointing upon it, and they like it. They want to be healed and helped and provided for as well, right? You know, Saul, you read 1 Samuel chapter 19, in the middle of persecuting David, under demonic influence, he comes by the prophets of God, and the anointing falls on him. He tears off his clothes. He lies down and prophesies. So they say, is Saul also a prophet? He's under the anointing. 
And then he gets up and he pursues David and he kills the priest of God. Sinners will respond also to that message. That's part of the truth of God. But when the word of God speaks of judgment for sin, repentance, the justice of God against wickedness in the camp, what will the saints do? What will the attitude of the saints be? It becomes a holy fear. It becomes a drawing closer to God. Is it I, Lord, like the apostles at the Last Supper? You know, someone will betray me. Is it I, Lord? Forgive me, Lord. Lord, if I've done this, forgive me and change me. If they hear the message like Agabus tells about famine coming on the land, they will say if they hear the trumpet sounding the warning, they'll say, give me wisdom, Lord, to know what to do. Open my mind, my eyes, to see, to understand how to walk in this terrible time by your grace. In these difficult times, deliver me from the enemy, deliver my loved ones from the enemy. They'll grow closer to God in holy fear. But the sin is, if they don't want to stop sinning, what will they do? What is the reaction? Anger. They will reject the message, they will ridicule the prophet, and they'll walk away. They don't want to hear it because they receive only part of the truth of God, not the whole truth, only part. And that's the danger of false prophecy. Peter cautions in 2 Peter chapter 2, and verse 1, he said, But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there, there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness, they want your money, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time their judgment has not been idle and their destruction does not slumber. They want your money so they'll tell you exactly what you want to hear and no more. Covetousness, false prophets, false teachers. And the end result can be even denying the very Lord Jesus Christ. You know, there was a minister, preacher, TV preacher, Bible teacher years ago, on television. I don't know what's happened to him. He was very popular back in the 80s. And part of his ministry, when he preached about the power of God, and he was excellent, um, very well done. But I guess because some of the words of the Sermon on the Mount were too negative, you know, Sermon on the Mount, beginning of the book of Matthew, the very start of the New Testament, because maybe some of the people in his congregation considered them a downer, what he did was he started to tell the people, teach the people, and I, we heard this on TV, we couldn't get over it. He said, well, you know, the Sermon on the Mount was only for the Jews at the time of Jesus. You're laughing, but it's, it's not funny. Remember this? It's only for the Jews at the time of Jesus. Three years later, when Jesus died on the cross, we start the time of grace, and none of the Sermon on the Mount applies to Christians, only to Jews for those couple of years. Listen, when the words of Jesus Christ, those words in red in the Bible, turn you off, if we can't hear, receive, put into practice those words in red that Jesus spoke in the Bible, 
the Jesus we're calling, Lord and Master, we're in a very bad place. If a minister cannot read the Sermon on the Mount, the Sermon on the Mount to his congregation, because they may be too much of a downer, and they don't want to hear it applied, it's a very bad place. The convicting side of prophecy, the truthful word of God about what we face, why we face it, and then with repentance and submission, the delivering power of God to overcome, we receive the whole truth of the Lord. Jeremiah told the people the whole truth, not part. Peter told the people the whole truth, not part. Paul told the people the whole truth, not part. These were apostles and true prophets of God ordained to the nations. Paul would write in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, mature doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Itching ears, hearing what you want. And that accomplishes what? It builds up churches. If you tell people exactly what they want to hear, you can build a church very quickly. Jeremiah wasn't building a very big church in Judah. When you tell people what they don't want to hear, that's a way to shrink the numbers like Gideon. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and the whole book of 1 Corinthians, is not bringing them down from their high. It's not as though the anointing of the Spirit of God is some opium, like a drug, that you got to stay on. Rather, by the Spirit, he's giving them instructions to form a self-controlled, faithful, Spirit-empowered, righteousness-loving, Word of God grounded, not just part, the whole Word of God, powerful church that's alert, awake, and prepared. And that begins to look like and sound like their Master, Jesus the Christ. It's not about us, it's about him. And I don't know about you, but I'm tired of childishness that divides Christ and receives only part of him and part of his message. Because if you can only stand to receive part of it, rejecting the whole, even that which is true and correct can become to you as a false vision, a divination, a worthless thing, the deceit of the heart. Because we can attempt then to take a truth of God and a truth of God's word to mask our rebellion. And it's a dangerous thing, that type of false prophecy. Jesus taught in Matthew 25, 29, for to everyone who has more will be given and he will have an abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And he says in Matthew chapter 7, by the way, the Sermon on the Mount, he says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, 
and done many wonders in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. The word of God, the Bible tells us, is living, it's active, it's not dead. It's not only part, it's whole. It's a two-edged sword. It cuts both ways, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrows. It is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. God knows. God sees. And there is no creature hidden from his sight. All things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Those Preachers in Jeremiah's day, those prophets, the people must have felt so confident, so good, so great under their prophesying. But the truth of what would happen still happened. And they did those people no good. Had they listened to Jeremiah, perhaps, perhaps it would have been a moment of grace. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the full word you give us. We thank you, Father, that you have a word that cuts to the left and to the right to keep us on that narrow path, that straight beam, that we don't fall off one way or the other. Father God, that we would receive the fullness of your spirit and not just in part. Heavenly Father, help your church to grow to maturity, empowered by your spirit, walking in the knowledge of your word. We give you thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Our Sunday message is live-streamed on the Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle YouTube channel, and you will find a link to the channel on our website at shiarjeshub.org.